Kasta Semenya is an Olympic gold medal winner. She won gold in the 800 metres in both the 2012 and 2016 Olympics, but first came on the scene in 2009 when she won gold in the same event at the World Championships. Three hours before her win in 2009, it was leaked that she had undergone some form of sex testing, although the results have never been released. The IAAF, International Association of Athletics Federations, stated that this was due to dramatic improvements she had made. She had recently, for example, taken 25 seconds off her 1500 metre time. These sorts of improvements are usually associated with anabolic steroid use. Semenya was cleared to compete again in 2010. Skip forward to April 2018, the IAAF changed the rules that require Semenya to clinically reduce her testosterone levels in order to compete with other women. These rules only affected 400, 800 and 1500 metre events, so it has been thought that they were designed to target Semenya personally, which she then challenged. On the 1st of May this year, 2019, CAS, the Court of Arbitration for Sport, rejected her challenge. Where should the line be drawn when deciding who can compete in the female category in sport? Is this even the right question? Should there only be one set of rules? Is there a way to treat all people fairly? Are the media telling people everything about this particular significant case? Welcome to Sounding Board. I'm joined by my brother Nick, as usual. So Nick, what do you know about Casa Semenya and this case? So I find this case really interesting, uh, but I, I must confess to not really ever having known who Casa Semenya was until a couple of weeks ago, when uh, the, the, the day of the announcement of this uh, CAS ruling, the arbitration uh, ruling, uh, was being trailed. And so in the morning news, I, ha I happened to be in my car pretty much the entire day. So I had all the lead up to it on news programs, uh, on the radio, and then the actual um, uh, uh, results when they came in and the commentary on it afterwards. And um, what I know about this is that it's kind of a 10 year argument she's been having, challenging a ruling on whether or not she can compete in women's sport. Uh, and um, I know she's a medal winner, uh, and I know this is about her testosterone levels uh, and whether or not that gives her an unfair advantage. Now, I'm also aware that she had, uh, she had this test, a sex test, gender test, whatever you want to call it, uh, years ago now, that it was not made public. And for me, this, is, this has always been my assumption uh, as soon as I heard that, the fact that it wasn't made public yet and she's arguing about this, so surely that must have come down on the side of it identifying her biologically in some way as male and therefore that's why she's being excluded in some way. Whereas if she had uh, had the test and it had come out saying, no you're, no, you're definitely female, then you'd just shout about it and say, well, why are you penalising me for my, for my genetics uh, in any other way? But I know that you've kind of got a bit more under the skin of this. Well, yeah. So I was, I was, I was looking into this. So she's, I, I believe she's classed as what you would, uh, what people describe as being intersex. Um, uh, now, right. Let's define that then, because I think so, it's quite important. There's all these terms come out. And there's the whole transgender debate at the moment. Well, so that's that's something different. So inter, intersex. So that's why it's important that we define in, inter, intersex people. So I prefer the traditional definition, um, which is uh, people with 
XX chromosomes who present. So XX are the chromosomes that traditionally women will have. Yeah. And you and I will have XY chromosomes. And there are a small percentage of people who will have XX chromosomes but will present male genitalia. And some who have XY and present female genitalia. And also some who, rep who present both. Yes. Um, if you go by that old definition... The figure used to, it used to be 0.018% of the population. So, yeah, yeah. about one in a thousand people will yeah. be affected by this. You'll often see these days a figure of 1.7% being used. You know, 17 in a thousand, almost two in every hundred. But that seems that's, really high. Well, it is because the definition has widened. So, there are a list of conditions that are classed as intersex, but I, I don't think they are really something like Kleinfelter syndrome, which is something that affects males. Um, you can go through your entire life having this and, and never know about it. So you'll typically have smaller testes and you're likely to be infertile. But even then, that's not always the case. You could have Kleinfelter and have kids and, yes. and be fine. So there, there are lots of conditions like this that are classed as intersex when they're not, they're not really. Yeah, okay. Um, so the actual percentage of people, um, like Castor Semenya, are very, very small. Yeah. Um, I've also done another bit of digging. Now, this is... this. This surprised me somewhat in that it wasn't clearly available in the mainstream media. And I know we go on about the mainstream media a lot about how they're not kind of presenting the facts or, or whatever. But this, this, this really was a dropped ball by them. So I had a look at the CAS ruling and the statements that they made. The regulations that apply to Casta Semenya only apply to people with 46 XY chromosomes. So there are two, the two main categories. There's the 46XX um, women, women and 46XY men. And if you have 46XY chromosomes, now this, now this also applies to transgender females. So if you're male, you transition to female yeah. and you want to compete with other females, these regulations apply to you as well. Yes. And you have to reduce your testosterone levels to 5 nanomoles per litre, which is actually... A lot uh, compared to other women so it's seven times the average female athletes testosterone levels at the I think it's the 2011 and 2013 field the track and field world championships so right. it's still still seven times what the average female athlete has yeah you're having to reduce them to that and obviously the point being here that uh, the chances are that well I say the chances are I think it would be fact that female athletes due to the, the way that they compete is because they probably do have more testosterone um, than average, and that gives them the ability to compete. Correct. Um, so you know, females do produce testosterone, but not at, not at not at these levels. And if you look at some of the articles online, it talks about hypoandrogenism. I hope that's the, the correct pronunciation. I think it is. Yeah. Which is uh, women who produce excessively high testosterone. What yes. they're not saying is that they actually this ruling applies to, to people with XY chromosomes. So that's quite specific. It's it's that's that's again, so we, that's we alluding can, to this we, test. We we can infer the results of the test because if she came back with XX chromosomes, she'd be fine, and the rules wouldn't apply. And I think this is why this is why it makes a difference because. People talk about athletes like Michael Phelps and like Usain Bolt about having, you know, having these extra long limbs that give them an advantage in swimming and running. Uh, the, um, the twitch muscle, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. fast twitch muscle, all, all these things. And people say, well, these guys have got genetic advantages. Why are we penalising uh, Caster um, for her genetic advantages? And the line has to be, if we're going to separate women and men, 
the line has to be drawn somewhere. So, you know, the, the reason we separate women from men is that men are, by and large, stronger, taller, faster. They have more testosterone, which makes a massive difference in, in, in yep. sports. And in order for, for women to compete and to win and for other women to enjoy watching women compete and to win, they have to be separated from the men because they would, they would, never, they would never win. If there was a completely open category, basically all events would be won by men. And certainly all, all the podiums would be, would, be, would be men. So you have to draw the line somewhere. It seems to me that XX and XY chromosomes is, is a reasonable place to draw that line. And you, you're always going to have these, you know, these kind of circumstances where perhaps it's not fair on a single individual. And you could argue it's not, it's not fair on, on Carsten because she, can, she, it, she doesn't reduce her testosterone levels. She has to compete with the men. But she wouldn't win. But she wouldn't win. But does anybody have the right to a gold medal? I, I don't think so. So, you know, it, it, it might not be fair to her. But then I, you know, I, I wouldn't win a gold medal at the yeah. 800 metres as, as much as I trained. So, you know, you, you are going to have winners and losers. And where's, where's the best place to draw the line? As I said before, I listened to a lot of radio on this particular day. Uh, and I, I switched between a number of different stations because you kind of have to. Suddenly, if you're listening to uh, speech radio, and so it was talk radio and LBC and a bit of Radio 4 and you know, whatever else. And they all basically talked about it in the same way. None of them, none of them came out with the specifics of that ruling and the specifics of the regulation that they were ruling on. None of them did at all. And albeit it was technical, you had to, you know, you had to get into the technicalities of it. When it comes down to XX and XY, I think that's, I think that's really important. Um, but to talk again about you know, what you're saying about is it, is it fair? We alluded to the transgender question before when, when you were defining the term intersex. Now, is it fair for a, someone who was born a man with XY chromosomes to train and be in their prime in their early 20s, transition to even just self-identify as a woman, that regulation would kick in. They would then take some drugs that would lower their testosterone levels to this magic number. Five nanomoles per litre. They would still have a massive advantage over anyone born genetically a woman with XX chromosomes. That doesn't seem that fair to me. Well, no, it doesn't. So there are lots of advantages that, that, that the men have. Um, if you go through puberty... That um, even men who take testosterone-reducing drugs have. Correct. So if, yeah. you, if you go through puberty um, without taking you know, hormone blockers or, or whatever, um, you, you're going to have a huge advantage. Um, there's, there's some evidence to suggest that if you actually switch over... So lots of these transgen transgender athletes take estrogen um, yes. supplements. There's evidence to suggest that oestrogen compounds uh, and makes your bones stronger. So you'll have gone through puberty as, oh, a, as, as a man, having kind of bigger bones, and yeah. then they become stronger when you take oestrogen afterwards. It's just like, a, like you get the best of both so you get like a, you get like a double whammy. Um, obviously, your testosterone levels are massively reduced, yes. um, you know, significantly reduced, but they're still seven times the, you know, yeah. the, the level that you need to reach is, is still seven times what the average average female athlete has not the average woman the average yes. female athlete has and this yes. was at the world championships 
Um, you know, to, so a, a normal XX chromosome person wouldn't be able to have these levels of testosterone without anabolic steroids. It, yes. it, 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 it's impossible. So yes, you could argue that it's still not a level playing field, and that. So my prediction for a long time now has been that in sort of 10 or 15 years the end of women's sport well every 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 podium or gold medal winner uh, in female sport will have been born with XY chromosomes mm. yeah, you because see, it's a way to win you, you, particularly in, in so in weightlifting and in cycling and some of these other sports yeah you're seeing transgender athletes uh, coming to the top very very frequently so do you think that's what people want to watch well, so that to me, that's the big that's the big question. Is there anything wrong with that or not? So, if people want to watch that and they want to pay for it themselves, is there a problem with it? Do you know? Do do should we only have one set of rules and one set of competitions, or can there be more than one? Ah, right. So now you're talking about the difference between what well, I mean. This court in court of arbitration in sport is this kind of. It's not quite the governing body, it's ruling on the governing body. Yeah, rules. so there's the IAAF and then the there's, IAAF, the, yeah. and there's CAS. Uh, and competitions um, are abiding by the rules set by the IAAF. But your point is there should be more than one IAAF. There should be more than one set of rules, or certainly competitions that define themselves by different sets of rules. Correct, so why can't we have competition in competitions so we could ha we could have for an, for an example we could have one set of competitions that has really set st and, you know, strict rules yeah and if you want to compete in the xx category you have to have xx chromosomes yeah and then you you know and, and, and anybody can compete in the x you know it can be an open category so yep. anyone can compete in, in xy um but you have to have xx chromosomes to compete in xx and that's it no no transgender athletes yeah uh, no intersex athletes just XX chromosome people. Yeah. Um, or you could have you could have uh, intersex people if as long as they're XX chromosomed. You, you don't. Yes. You, yes. You, yes. You don't, you purely, don't. the draw line is only drawn yeah. on chromosomes. Uh, and then that might be fine for some people. Um, I, I, I imagine that would be fine for lots of people because it, it kind of, it, for want of a better term, it levels the playing field for women. Women can still compete and they can yeah. get on the podium and, and win. And there's yeah. no chance of anyone on their having a penis or internal testes or anything like that yes um you know so they've got a real chance of winning if they, yeah. if they you know if, if they work hard and they compete and then obviously the same for the men but then you could have you know the, there are obviously social justice warriors and other people who you know who, who seem to think that biological sex is a myth and that there's no differences between men and women and testosterone doesn't make a difference that's fine you can pay for your own competition where Anyone, you can transition. Anyone, any, you can transition, or any, you know, it, it might be yeah. you might yeah. have some like we have now, where they set limits on the, the, the amount of testosterone. You might have somewhere it's, it's just open. If you identify as a woman, you can compete, and that's that. I don't think that will be very popular, but I've got nothing against it. If these people want yes. to fund it and want to have their own set of rules and you know their own court for arbitration, whatever. Well, so what about other ways that you would be able to augment yourself then? So the rules at the moment don't allow you to, you know, stick springs on your shoes uh, or to take performance-enhancing drugs. And so I assume in your competition of competitions, you'd be quite happy if there was a competition that was very open about what was allowed and that that could allow performance-enhancing drugs, uh, people to, you know, strap a rocket to their back. What, what, as long as, again, the, the rules are, are, are defined um, and everyone abides by them, uh, and if people want to watch it, 
Well, so that, that so to me personally, that sounds fantastic. I mean, I'm, I'm not too sure about having a rocket rocket strapped, <laughs> strapped to your back, but, but I like to take things to the extreme. But anabolic steroids, absolutely. So one of my favourite sports is, is strongman. I mean, it, it's second to Formula One for me. I'm the world's strongest man is that yeah. is that what it is? Um, is, that, is that what so, it the world, so the world's strongest man is the main one. Yes, um, but there are other strongman competitions as well that I'm okay. Watching. So they're, they're, they're the Europe's. There's a there's a UK strongest man and a British strongest man, and the, 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 yeah, there are lots of other kind of competitions. So you're talking about just in general. Yeah, and, and there are competing competitions. Which one? Well. Which one was the mountain one? Hathor Bjornsson is the current world's strongest man. Right. Okay. Uh, the, 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 the guy in, in, in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's he's won it for the first time last year. Right. Um, and these guys are all roided up to the eyeballs. You know, yes. they, they, are, they are on steroids, they are on human growth hormone, whatever they can get. Taking testosterone, one imagines, as well. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. Well, well, so, yeah. so anabolic steroids are basically artificial testosterone. Oh, I see. Um, so okay, they'll right. be injecting that into their muscles before they train. Yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah. there are all sorts of things they can do. And, yeah. and they, you, you they don't and, get to be that big. You don't. You don't, without. You don't get yeah. to be, you know, six foot ten and, and 200 kilos of pure muscle without <laughs> anabolic steroids. It just, it just doesn't happen. But nobody would watch Strongman if they were just like you or I. So it's like body. So bodybuilding is similar. I don't. I don't really follow bodybuilding. Um, but there are different categories in bodybuilding as well. There's an open category where you can take basically everything you want, really? other than I believe diuretics, because they they, they were quite they, dangerous people and, people, kill people, over and people, die. people were dying. Yes. Too frequently. Yeah. Um, so they check for diuretics. I think technically there are rules and there are drugs that, that so that I think technically they're not allowed to take steroids and and HGH. But they just never check, right? So they okay. went. They went. They had like a year where they said, "Right, we're going to be really strict." And and they you know, obviously all these bodybuilders took steroids right up to the point where they had to, and then weaned themselves off. But by the time they hit competitions, they they were too small. Um, so nobody watched it. So they went back and said, "Yeah, okay, we're just not going to. We don't want to check. check now." Right. Um, and then popularity went again. Don't and there ask, are, don't ask, don't tell. And there are other there are other natural bodybuilding competitions, is what they're called. Um, where guys are, are like the organic version. <laughs> yes, the guys are, are strictly drug tested. Yeah. Um, but they're not that much bigger than me. And again, they're not they're not particularly popular. Um, so you know you can you can have more than one set of rules. Yes. And it's fine. I would love to see the eight hundred meters run in eight seconds by some guy, who, some superhuman guy, just just to see what can the human body do? Because that's what it's like. Right. With strong man, it's like what can a, what can a human body if, a, if you push lift? it to its limits? Yeah, Eddie Hall deadlifted. He picked up off the ground half a ton before passing out, mind you. <laughs> um, but he but he but he, he picked he, yeah he picked five hundred kilos up off the ground. Well, and it's a spectacle. It, it, it is draws a spectacle. the crowds. You know, there there are thousands yes. of of people watching him at the time, and and obviously many more on the on on the television. Yeah, it's a great event. Um, you know, it's, it's what people want to watch. What can the human body? What can the human body do? And if you have these strict drugs rules, you're not going to you're not going to know how fast 100 meters can be run in. Yes. And that's not to say that you can't have the standard rules now as well. Yes. But you can have both. Yeah. Which would still advantage those people who were just born with the right characteristics. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Now I like that. And so this is. So this makes me think of uh, Oscar Pistorius and his. Do they call them blade, blades? Blades. Yes, that's right. Because he was known as the Blade Runner, wasn't he? Uh, and so, yeah, for, for people who don't know. I mean, this this guy's obviously a bit notorious now <laughs> for other reasons. For other reasons, uh, but this is uh, double amputees can compete in the. Um, well, so this must be the um, Paralympics. There's a specific category which has rules. On the blade length, well, so because the, obviously the longer you get, really, really springy blades, and you could. 
So they all have, they, they all have rules. Um, yeah. So there's one set of rules. In, in, so Oscar Pistorius had blades of a certain length because they enabled him to run against the men in the standard Olympics. Was so, he allowed to compete in that? Yes. So he was. Yes. Right. So he competed against the men. He didn't win, but he was you know he's obviously still yeah. an elite athlete to get to that yeah. stage. Um, and in order to do that, the rules are quite strict on the length of the blade, right? Um, because you can't have blades of six feet long and you only need three strides to get to 100 meters or whatever. Personally, I'd like to see that. <laughs> Again, that would be fantastic. Yeah. That would be, be another set of rules. Another spectacle. <laughs> but but he, he had to have his blades of a certain length. And he was competing in both the regular Olympics and the Paralympics. So he oh, chose right. to have the same length blades in both events so he could get used to one set of blades. Yes, makes sense. And obviously, like getting used to one set of running shoes. And there was, there was a, a certain irony here because obviously people were complaining about him saying that these blades give him an unfair advantage. That if he had regular legs himself, he, he, wouldn't, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be, be as fast. Um, uh, but then he went on to compete in the Paralympics and got beaten by somebody with longer blades. And he went and complained and said, well, this, this, this gives him an unfair advantage. Well, the rules <laughs> applied to you, but you didn't want to use those blades because you wanted to get used to your other ones. Because you wanted to compete so in, he, a, in he, another set of, in a, in a race with a different set of rules. Exactly. So he could have had, he could have used two sets of blades, one for the regular Olympics and one for the Paralympics. Or just chosen one. Or just chosen one category <laughs> to, to fight in. And not even compete in the other category because you, you, know, you would have known that you'd have been, you'd have been beaten. Mm. Yes, yeah, personally, I think going like that, seeing, seeing um, again, you, you wouldn't have to be uh, an amputee to um, to have these bizarre blades strapped to your legs that are you know twenty feet long. Uh, I want to see how I want to see how quickly someone can run a mile on, on these things. I think that'd be an amazing, amazing spectacle. <laughs> well, how high they can jump, or well, let, yeah, but, but let alone you know, you're getting into you know, bionics and stuff. But even even with these even with these current rules, I can see in not in not the not too distant future, I can see the Paralympic hundred meters being the world record holder. Right. As yes. These, as these blades as these blades get better and better, or, or whatever or whatever the next yeah. technology is, mm. it's 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 inevitable that in time, uh, you know, for example, double amputees with yep. these blades attached are going to be faster runners than regular human beings. It, I, I can guarantee it. Um, so in, in the future, you, people will be watching the Paralympics to see the fastest guys running. I'm sure of it. Or or the all the all the hundred meter sprinters will have will, will be you know double amputees. Uh, or, okay, so so do you want to make a prediction that someone will have their some, own legs chopped off? Yes, I'll guarantee. It. At some point, <laughs> somebody will want to, whether they'll actually you know, have it done or be allowed to have it done. Somebody will want to chop their legs off to run faster. When it gets to the point where you know, you can have these, you know, these cyborg legs that are faster than, uh, than your own. I guarantee that will happen. Yeah, because there's enough people that someone will want to. It occurs to me that no one else has really thought about this as an idea. The that there should be more and different competitions, and so more choice of what you could watch and what you could enjoy and what you could compete in, based on there being differences in the rules. Generally speaking, things have a kind of a global standard in sport, including the drug taking and all that. And you know, you pointed out that it varies between different types of events and things like strongman and where they turn a blind eye and you know all of that. Um, but in general, certainly talking about athletic sports, uh, the reason that this um, arbitration body exists is because you know there's a you know, kind of strong set of standards. 
this would be different competing standards based on what people would actually want to watch. As far as we're concerned, as long as it's demand-led, then if people want it, people can watch it. Why not, why not have a free market in sport? A, a free market in sporting events and sporting rules. Exactly. We still need to end it. <laughs> <laughs> that was all good, though. <laughs> That's fine. That was good. Um, You've been listening to Sounding Board with Andrew and Nick Elliott. You can go to soundingboard.com to download and listen to all our previous episodes or go to iTunes or Stitcher or Player FM or any other podcast app. If you could leave us a review on iTunes, that would be very helpful because it helps other people to find us. Thank you very much. <laughs>